This is my final message on living like Mary. Um, Hopefully you've received some things out of this series, this series on worship. Hopefully you've gained some new insights on exactly what worship is. It's not just what we do here on Sunday mornings, but it's how we live. Amen? Quick, quick, quick review. Started off talking about Martha's sister Mary and how Martha, or excuse me, Mary taught us to choose the better things. Don't let that pass you by. Don't let that pass you by. Mary chose the better things. Martha chose the busy things, and sometimes life is like that. We have to be involved with the busy stuff, but Mary made sure she carved out times to just worship him and just sit at the feet of Jesus. That is something that, if, and I'd have to say, if there has been uh, the, the growth pattern in my life over the last couple of years has been that. It's been just worshiping God, just worshiping him. God is teaching me that on levels and in ways I've never known before. Don't let that pass you by. We then talked about Jesus and the Samaritan woman. You remember this, that Jesus uh, was instituting that it was no longer a matter of where you worship. They worshipped on Mount Gerizim and the Jews worshipped in Jerusalem. But Jesus said it no longer matters where you worship, but that now I am coming, it will matter who you worship and how you worship. Last few weeks, I've talked about how our worship should be like a burning fire, a burning flame. But we talked about the dangers that could extinguish that flame and that fire. Some of the things that we said that it could extinguish that is complacency. Complacency is a very real threat to our experience, church. We talked about grieving the Holy Spirit. If there's something in your life to where you're grieving the Holy Spirit, that will snuff out the flame in your life. Last week we talked about how it is possible, it is possible for a true believer to live in a place where one's worship never dies, even in times of heartache and trials, even in times when the pressures of daily life would get to you. Don't let that pass you by either. For we said that in challenging times, worship does not deny the existence of life's realities. You may not always have a smile on your face. Worship does not deny the existence of life's reality. It exists in spite of it all. We saw from Scripture that it's okay if we cry out to God, if we pour out our hearts to God. It's okay that we lament. It's okay, I believe, that sometimes in those terrible, horrible moments of life that we're yelling at God and He can handle it. Times when we even question God. However, a true worshiper never, never questions or becomes critical of who God is. A true worshiper must never challenge the worth or the character of God. And like the psalmist said so many times in the psalms that he would cry out and he would lament, but he would always come back in the end, praising and trusting 
and glorifying the only one who could deliver him out of his trouble. A couple weeks ago, I took this and lit it. See how many times I can do this. I got it down, don't I? My question to you, though, is why, why is it not staying lit? Don't get smart with me, okay? You know what I'm doing, but why is it not staying lit? I mean, I have, I mean, there, I mean, we have all these sensual elements that it takes to make a flame, right? We talked about this. You have to have a, a oxygen. We have oxygen in the room. That is more than adequate. You have to have heat. You have to have a spark, right? Why is this not staying lit? It's because we're missing the third element, and that's our final element in my message today. We're missing fuel, aren't we? Fuel. You, you, can, you can have all the things that it, it takes to make a fire. You have the heat, you have the oxygen but if you, uh, to start a fire, but if you don't have fuel to keep it going, your flame will go out. Take away the uh, wax or take away the wick from a candle, take away wood, take away coal, take away whatever the source is, and you may have a quick flame, but you won't have a lasting fire. The same, church, is true for you and me. The same is true for the believer. Take away our fuel and our fire will die out. And so too, and so too, our worship. Now stay with me on this final part because if you and I, and I put myself there as well, if we fail to grasp this last point, we are in danger of losing our fire. What is the fuel for a believer? What is the fuel for a believer? We could probably get a couple of answers, but I want to focus on one thing today. The fuel for you, the fuel for a believer to stay lit, to stay passionate for Jesus Christ, is the revelation of God. Now, I didn't think I'd get a whole lot of amens on that. Some of you may have been expecting something a little bit more earth-shattering, something more, wow, don't miss this. And it's this that I want to talk about today. The revelation of God. Think about that. What is it? What is the revelation of God? It's times when our hearts come alive as God reveals Himself to us. It's times when God reveals Himself, when He speaks to us, when He talks to us. Times when our hearts leap with who God is. It's those aha moments in life. Sometimes it's simply, as Mandy sang, being still in the presence of God. See, if you think about it, what keeps our flame going? What keeps the passion inside going? It's when God, on a daily basis, 
speaks to you, reveals himself to me, and gives us aha moments. So how do we do this? How do we fuel up this morning? First off, let me tell you that you and I, we must be in a position to even receive God's revelation. We have to first make sure that we're in the position. But I contend with you today that there are many tanks and churches all over the world that are empty. They're dry. Many tanks that are empty. But it's not because God is not ready to reveal himself to us. It's because we have removed ourselves from the places of receiving God's revelation. Let me say that again. It's not because of him. It's because you and I have had times in our life when we've removed ourselves from the position and from the places where God can reveal himself to us. Maybe there's someone here today Maybe there is more than one person today that for whatever the reason, you have not heard from God in a long, long, long time. It's been a long time since some of you have had your heart skip a beat because of what Jesus is revealing to you. And consequently, your hearts and your worship back to him has become dull, has become wet, has become cold. Listen, I believe that there are times in a Christian's life, in a Christian's experience, when the way can seem a little cold when you can get into a pattern of life to to where all of a sudden you realize we're popping again, just ignore it, okay? That's the evil one. He doesn't want you to hear what I'm saying, okay? Just forget it. It'll pop every once in a while. There are times in our Christian experience, this doesn't have to be this way, but if you've been in the way for very long, you'll have those desert times, right? Those times to where it's just like, God, where are you? But don't stay there. Times when you just don't feel like God is speaking to you. Listen to some of the things we're going to talk about this morning, and it might help you if you're in that time of life to get back to where you're fueling your fire again, to where you're receiving the revelation of God. You see, what we need to do is put ourselves back into a position to where God can speak to us again. And if we will but open and quiet our hearts, quiet our minds, our ears, our eyes, Folks, we will see that God's revelations are all around us. They're all around us. We sing the song, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. You see, that's our problem. We don't turn our eyes towards Him the way we should. On a daily basis. What are some of the sources of his fuel? Some of you are going to be able to guess some of these things. Because since I've come and as long as God has me here, I will continue to preach this kind of message. We cannot get out of God's word. 
We cannot get away from the revelation of God's word. I ask you, when was the last time that you read? When was the last time that you dug into something that it just jumped off the page at you and you got excited over it? When was the last time that you were reading on the couch or in your chair or at work on break or whatever it was and you read something and you went, wow, so cool. God wants to do that for you. I've talked about it before. You don't have to read chapter upon chapter every day. Just read a passage and stop and just wait for God. Oh, first open up your hearts. Turn your eyes upon Jesus and, and open up your hearts and say, God, I'm ready to hear what you want me to hear. And as you begin to do that day after day after day, God will begin to speak to you through his word and all of a sudden you will find you will find that now your fuel was there again all of a sudden you're getting excited about what Jesus is speaking to you about through his word and your flame is all of a sudden lit when was the last time that God has spoken to you through his word times when you had to show someone there have been many times to where Steph and I will be at home and we're having devotions and we're reading something different and and, and I'll hear her say, wow. And I'll say, okay, tell me what you just read. And uh, those are fun times. Husband and wife, do that. Have times to where you read together. Allow God to reveal himself to you. His word is another one. You can guess what the other one's going to be. Communion with God in prayer. Look, prayer is not always easy, is it? Prayer can be hard work sometimes. Why is that? It's because you are purposed time. Time is our most precious commodity. But when you take your most precious commodity and you don't do what you want to do, you don't do the laundry or you don't mow the yard, I pray that's coming up real soon, and you don't shovel the driveway or whatever it is. You, you don't do those things that you want to do. You don't wash. When you take time away from your personal agenda and you just set it aside for God, that's not always easy. But all to be still before God. Two weeks ago, I gave you some practical things that you and I can do to experience God's communion in prayer. But you must be intentional. You must be intentional. This will not come naturally to you, church. We need to change our routine. Remember when we said a routine is no longer good if it just becomes routine. Change up the times when you read God's word or when you pray. We said to change your surroundings, keep a prayer journal. Spend time just listening. Take notes on what God, the Holy Spirit, is revealing to you. Pray the promises of God. I like that one. That's great. During your times of prayer, make sure that you are praising Him. Perhaps just listen to worship songs. Folks, these are different kinds of fuel for our fire. Another one that you would expect me to say is, don't just come to church be a part of the church. There's a difference. Don't just come. Be a part. There's a reason why we're referred to as the family of God. We're all brothers and sisters in the Lord, but if we don't come and fellowship on Sundays or uh, before and after, if we don't come during the week and get 
to fellowship with one another, we're not going to grow. You see, our fires, our fuel can be uh, filled up if we come together as a body of Christ. Come as much as you can. Come and get involved. This coming Wednesday, another little plug for it, but come. This is another way when your fuel can, can take place is whenever you focus on things just like the cross. Just focus on the cross. These things are fuel for our soul. Listen to this. Christian author and pastor Mark Batterson said this. One of the greatest dangers that we face spiritually. Listen, please. One of the greatest dangers that we face spiritually is learning how. Forgetting why. You get it? Learning how. But forgetting why. What do I mean by that? Call it familiarization. Call it habituation. Call it routinization. Those aren't really words, but I'll use it. Call it whatever you want. But when we learn how and forget why, we begin to just go through the motions. Say amen or ouch. And then we begin to lose our fire. Look, this is seen in our music. What do I mean? Listen to these songs. Victory in Jesus. Amazing grace. How great thou art. Great is thy faithfulness. When we all get to heaven, let me see Jesus only. I am a child of God. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. He lifted me out. It even applies to some of the newer songs that we've been singing for a while. Songs like Blessed Be Your Name. Amazing grace, my chains are gone. How great is our God. My question to you is, in your lifetime, how many times do you think you have sung these songs? Ten? No. Twenty? Forty? I think we'd be shocked. Look, this is a message for all of us, but I'm... For those of us who have been in the church and been in the way for a long time, this is for you. And me. I think we'd be shocked about the number of times that we sing these old songs, right? A study was done that indicated that the average person, listen to this, the average person stops thinking about the lyrics of a song after they've sung it 30 times. Just, just kind of goes in one ear, one mouth, out the other. You stop thinking about the words of the song after so many times. Think about this. I fear that the church knows how to sing the songs, but we've forgotten why. If I could, I just want to talk for a few moments about music. Can I do that? I'm going to do it anyway, so all right. This, this uh, fact that I just talked about, how do you think that impacts worship? Think about that. I can tell you from personal experience, that statistic greatly impacts worship. We up on stage, we can tell when you are inspired and engaged and when you're not. Do you know that? You can tell when we're not inspired. And engaged. Praise and worship singers and instrumentalists say amen or ouch for us. 
We can tell when you know why you're singing the songs versus how to sing the songs. I can't tell you how many times and in all the years that I've been involved with music, nice to have mom and dad here with me this morning and Ever since I was a kid, music has just been a part of my life. I can't tell you how many times, especially during my times as a worship leader, that I purposely will not look at faces. starting to drive me nuts too. I purposely will not look at faces. Why? Because it will discourage me. Luis, those of you who have preached and everything, you kind of know what I'm talking about. Just the unenthusiastic expressions, those that are here, just they're not really sure why they're here. And as I'm trying to lead, as we're trying to lead worship, and we look at that, that discourages us, and it takes our minds off of what you see that has a great impact on our worship experience. Church, if you and I do not come with hearts ready to sing, All that we'll be doing on Sunday mornings is lip syncing. (laughs) Right? If we're not ready to sing with our hearts, not our mouths, if we're not ready to sing with our hearts, then all we're going to be doing is lip syncing. We'll trade the why we sing the songs for how we sing. Listen, there are many misconceptions out there about music. I know of a church that refuses to sing anything other than hymns. They refuse. They believe that the newer songs are to be are ungodly and there's no place for new songs in the church. On the other hand, there are many churches today who want nothing to do with the old songs, with the old hymns and of the church, and consequently our rich heritage is lost. Listen to this quote. Today's church music is nothing more than an attempt to mimic the world. Its modern beat and rhythm do not promote godliness, but promote a worldly and secular spirit, manifested by none other than Satan himself. If the church is ever going to stay pure, we must guard against this new modern form of music with every fiber of our being. This was a quote from a columnist writing for a religious newspaper about a new form of music that was finding its way into the church. That new form of music was called hymns. It was written back in the late 1700s. What much of the church's music comes down to today, church, is just personal preference and style. Amen? That's what it comes down to. There are places, now hear me on this, there are places in the world that have never heard of victory in Jesus. They've never heard of amazing grace or how great thou art. But their flame is hot and burning for Jesus Christ. You see, it's not the letters on the page or even the melodies. And and believe it or not, some of the melodies from our most precious hymns came came out of the bars. They're bar tunes and bar melodies. It's not the letters on the page or even the melodies, but it's the hearts that are behind the writers. It's the hearts that are behind the singers that makes worship 
Thanks, worship. Do we all have different personalities? You bet. Do we all love vanilla ice cream? No. Do we all like Rocky Road ice cream? No. Do we all love the same style of music? No. But let's not fall into the trap of thinking that one style of music is better than another or more spiritual than the other. Amen? Amen. As I said before, the hymns do a marvelous job at teaching us biblical truth, uh, teaching us doctrine. But many of the newer songs today do a wonderful job at leading us into times of just pure praise and pure worship. We need to keep writing and keep singing new songs. Do you know that the Bible talks specifically about new songs? Ephesians 5.19, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Listen to what the psalmist says. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully with a shout of joy. 40 verse 3, he has put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Many will see it and fear and trust in the Lord, there's more. Psalm 144, I will sing a new song to you, O God. On a harp of ten strings, I will sing praises to you. In Revelation 5, 9, and they sing a new song, saying you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. Do you notice that it says new songs? These, these new songs come when God is doing a new thing. When he speaks a new word of truth. When he reveals himself in a new way. This is a direct correlation of what we're talking about today. Receiving God's revelation as fuel for our hearts. If you think about it, the moment we stop writing and singing new songs is the moment we have stopped having God reveal and speak to us. I don't know if I'm going to be making myself accountable for this, but some of you know that I have written a couple of songs in my lifetime. Richard, I owe you an apology, brother. Uh, Richard, when I first came here two and a half years ago, he asked me to sing White as Snow. Um, and I have not done that. Richard, it's coming. Maybe God wants Brock to start writing some new song. Tell me, what new thing is God revealing in your life? So easy to get bored, isn't it? So easy to just put the sweatpants of life on and just kind of go through the motions. During my years as worship leader and today as Mandy and I team up to um, develop the services, listen, there have been times when I have put a lot of pressure on myself. I've not talked to Mandy about this, but I would have to say she would say yes to this. Times I've put a lot of pressure on myself. Times that I have felt discouraged and defeated because I did not feel as though I did a good enough job at leading you into worship. Just by the looks on 
when I say you, I'm just talking all my years of experience, not you specifically, but all the times that I've just felt defeated and discouraged. And but i got to tell you something. This series of messages and this past week, God has been revealing something to me. While I believe it is vitally important that I and that we give God our best as we prepare and conduct our worship services, I nor those of us on stage can determine how you worship while you are here. Somebody say amen to that. You are responsible for the kind of worship experience that you have while you're here. And it begins and it ends with how you live your life, how you worship the Lord, how God is revealing himself to you Monday through Saturday. (laughs) If you're not living under the spout where God's revelation comes out, your spiritual experience, your worship will be drier than cracker juice. And we certainly will not be able to provide it for you. If you're not fanning the flames of your own soul throughout the week, we can't light it for you. You see, many times the problem isn't what does or what does not happen here on Sundays. It's what you and I have or have not done before Sunday. So often we have not set aside the time to soak ourselves under the showers of God's revelations through the week. I'm telling you, someone here this morning has a dull experience and God wants to reveal himself to you. Give him your time. Give him your life. Allow him to speak to you during these ways. Notice I said time, which is often a leading factor We're so busy and preoccupied, I say ouch. If we will but take the time to put ourselves in a position to receive God's revelations, we'll find that our fuel will come back and our hearts will once again respond with a blaze of worship. Oh God, help us. Help me. We talked about getting into his word. We talked about praying. We talked about coming to church, being involved in church, getting in the life of the church with your brothers and sisters. We talked about being a part of special times to where you observe and just sit and be still. And I, again, encourage you to come on Wednesday. That's going to be a powerful time. You will not be forced to do anything. You can sit in your seat the whole time and just worship. That's how you can grow. That's how you can get fuel. There's a couple more ways before I end this morning. There are times when we need to just sit and think about the awe and the glory of God. How often do we forget or fail to see the greatness and glory of God? It's one of the reasons I love to hear Lisa praise because she is filled with the glory and the awe of God. You can just hear it come out of her prayer. We forget that He is holy, He is eternal. He is all-knowing. He is all-powerful. He is fair and just. He is a jealous God. 
We forget that he's incomparable, he is unchangeable, he is unequaled, he is infinite, just to name a few. And he is all of these things, church, and so much more for you and me. He is all of these things for you and me. Sometime when you uh, uh, can, take, take your Bible, it might be in the beginning or in, in the back, take your topical index and look under the name God and look at all the attributes that are listed for God. And He is all of those things and so much more. And it should make you go, wow. That's my God. That's my God. Pastor Kevin and the youth are getting ready to do a study. I want to do it with the adults sometime. Getting ready to do a study on Francis Chan's book, Crazy Love. Francis Chan tells us that sometimes God's revelations come from sources other than the Bible, other than prayer time, other than being in church. Sometimes we need to stop reading and praying and start listening, start seeing Start being silent as we see God's revelations that are all around us. He notes a couple examples. Did you know that the caterpillar has over 228 separate muscles in its head? Think about that. That little insect has over 228 muscles in its head alone. There are hundreds of different kinds of bananas. The average elm tree, now, the, the average elm tree has approximately 6 million leaves on it. And now I want to know how they got that number. <laughs> In one square mile, there is over 3,000 3, different species of trees in the Amazon jungle. Just one square mile. Every person has a distinct laugh. We all laugh differently. Some of you are um, you're blabbers. Some of you are just quiet laughers. Some of you are snorters. Some of you are uh, whatever, okay? We all have different laughs. Think about that. Is that not amazing? When you get goose pumps, that is your body's way of protecting the body. That's the, the, the body's way of conserving heat is when the goose pumps come up. I should have measured this out, but um, a, a spider, how many of you just get nervous after looking at that? A spider, um, build, when they build their webs, they create 60 feet of silk in one hour. 60 feet of silk. I don't know what 60 feet is here. But man, um, I'd say you're probably looking pew to pew here in that range right there. Or front to back. A spider does that in one hour. And what's even more amazing is they produce a special uh, uh, um, lubricant on their feet so they don't stick to their own web. Plants take in carbon dioxide, which is harmful to us, and it produces oxygen, which is life-saving for us. Look, you may have known some of these things, but when was the last time that you and I sat in awe and wonder of it all?
This is why we're called to worship Him. There is none other than Him. Oh, there are gods. There are hundreds of gods. There are thousands of gods, but they're all just man made. There is only one true God, and He's my God, and He's your God, and He will be anyone's God if they will just put their hearts trust in Jesus Christ. You're either in one of two camps. He's your God, and you can say, yeah, go, Pastor, that's my God, or that's a God that you have yet to know. He's here for you, ready for you. And lastly, let's look beyond our world. I don't know how well this will show. I have a video clip that I want to show you. Um, those of you in Pastor Kevin's uh, class, you're going to see a little preview. You can show it again. It's pretty awesome to see again. Um, I want to show you a video clip of Francis Chan talking about the universe. He's obviously using words to describe the universe, but folks, when this clip is done, it's about three minutes long, there will be no words to describe what you're about ready to see. Go ahead, guys. It's spinning. Just give it a second. Just sit in awe over technology. It's worth the wait. Is this our internet? Okay, we're getting there. What, what, what you're seeing right now. First of all, this is the earth, okay? Just, just, you're taking off from the earth from Southern California, and we're going we're gonna to rise up for a little bit here, okay? We're going to pull away from it. We're going to pull higher. Now, this is at about 10 kilometers. Like, if you climb Mount Everest, this is what you'd see. You'd see the curvature of the earth from that distance. Now, you're gonna, we're going to climb up even higher. This is at 100 kilometers, and you're a fourth of the way to the space station now. This is what you'd see. If you get to this level, you're considered an astronaut. Just if you ever get there. Okay, now we're going 100,000 kilometers. 100,000 kilometers from the Earth. So you're a fourth of the way to the moon. That's what the Earth would look like. Now we're going to pull away to a million kilometers. At a million kilometers, there's the moon. Okay, there's the moon. You can barely see the earth. You're at a million kilometers now. You're past the, past the moon. And uh, now we're going to go to 100 million kilometers. 100 million kilometers. You're still not to the sun. The sun's 93 million miles away. But now we're going to go to 10 trillion kilometers. Ten, there's the sun. Okay. You just passed the sun. Now you would see all of the planets at 10 trillion kilometers. And now... We're at 10 to the 15th power 
That means 10 with 15 zeros. I don't know what that number is. 15 zeros, and the sun's just like a bright dot amidst other stars. And now we're going to 10 light years away. At 10 light years away, come on, let's go. Zoom, there you go. 10 light years away, now you just see the sun with like 11 other stars that are kind of its neighbors. You know, that, 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 that's our sun. And now we're going to go 1,000 light years away. At 1,000 light years away, you, you wouldn't even see our sun anymore. These are just a bunch of stars close to it in this cluster inside the Milky Way. Now we're going to zoom out even further, and that's the Milky Way we live in. See that cluster of stars? Those are about 100,000 stars that are closest to our sun. You can't see our sun anymore at this point. Now this is our Milky Way galaxy, and forget about the Earth. Okay, there's our Milky Way galaxy that we live in. Um, and we're just buried in there somewhere. And we're going to pull out even further. And you'll see that our galaxy is actually, it's, it's a big galaxy. And, uh, and all those other things you're seeing now are galaxies. And we're going to pull away 10 million light years now. His next scene is 10 million light years. Those are all galaxies you see amidst our Milky Way, several hundred galaxies. Now we're going to go 100 million light years away. This is the last one. We're going to zoom out to 100 million light years. Those are all clusters of galaxies. Galaxies and clusters of galaxies. You won't even see our Milky Way galaxy anymore amidst that. We don't have telescopes that go beyond that little sphere there. What, what, what you're seeing right now. Oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who have set your glory above the heavens. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers and the moon and the stars, which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you visit him, for you have made him a little lower than the angels. And you have crowned him with glory and honor. O oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all of the earth. Francis went on to say, why do you think that God created more than 350 billion galaxies? Knowing that generations would never see or even know that there were that many galaxies. Why would God even do that? Perhaps it was just to make you and I say, wow. Perhaps it was God wanting us to see that it's not about us and for us to say, who do I think that I am? How's your fuel this morning? Has God been revealing himself to you lately? If not, more than likely, it's because you've allowed the fuel supply to be cut off. Maybe it's through complacency. Maybe there's something in your heart, you're grieving the Holy Spirit. That'll put a stop to it just like that. Maybe it's a trial or a pressure or 
a heartache or a difficulty, the pressures of daily life that's keeping you from doing these things that you know you need and it's keeping you from worshiping God. Whatever it is, we all need to put ourselves back under the flow of God's revelation. Maybe someone here, or how about this? Maybe all of us. Maybe we all need to realign our priorities so we can get back under the spout where God's glory comes out. For as I said a while ago of Jim Lyon in closing, Jesus is the subject, period. And he is our worship. Would you bow your heads, please? God, be still and know that I am God. That's what you want us to do sometimes, God. Or the fact of the matter is all of us would have to say amen and at times ouch in our life. Times when we have felt our fuel running dry, our fuel running low, and God, if we look at our lives honestly, we would have to say, it's us, it's not you. God, if there's anyone here this morning that needs more fuel, God, maybe they need another spark. Maybe they need that oxygen. Whatever it is, God, I pray that they would give it to you this morning. They would give you their lives. In turn, they will be giving you their worship. God, I pray that this message would impact all of us, maybe on different levels, various levels. But, Lord, all of us would take heed to his messages. And that we would guard against being dry, we would guard against being dull, we would guard against our spiritual woods being wet, God. That we would do whatever it takes to stay aflame and on fire for you. We love you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen? We're going to sing a song. We want you to sing a song.